You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. The rain has been falling non-stop today at times torrential and that's causing all kinds of problems around Metro Vancouver. Global's Nadia Stewart is live at a chronic trouble spot, Burnaby Still Creek. And Nadia, everything from where you are to rivers to transit to ski hills has been affected today. Yeah, that's right. We got a little bit of a break from the rain not too long ago, but just as soon as we got into the show, of course, the rain fires up again. And so here on Still Creek Avenue, it has been uh, really a mess, not just here, but other spots. We are seeing just that localized flooding that we typically see uh, when the rain really starts to come down like this. There is a high flow advisory in effect. This rain is also to blame for a mudslide just north of White Rock that is disrupting train service. Amtrak trains tonight, also right through to Sunday. BNSF tells us, though, that their freight trains are still getting through. There are also some delays on the West Coast Express because of the heavy downpour. No surprise also that BC Hydro is trying to mitigate the impact of all of this rain. They've been releasing water from the Alouette Reservoir, which is at capacity. That could lead to some localized flooding downstream along the Alouette River. So, of course, the warning tonight Stay away from those rivers or creeks until this rain lets up. You think you're going to be okay. You think only two or three feet of water, but if for somehow you slipped or fell or became incapac incapacitated or knocked out, there's nothing you'd be able to do. And, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of things other people without the right equipment can do either. And then that's where our services or North Shore Rescues, uh, BC Ambulance, anything like that, we can help. Um, but the average person is not going to be able to stop the hydraulics of a river flow. Now, two of the North Shore ski hills are closed right now. Grouse Mountain shut down its downhill area and canceled all ski lessons. But the Skyride and Chalet facilities are still operating as usual. Mount Seymour also shut down completely for the day. And I can tell you guys, it is starting to pick up again out here. The rain really starting to come down. We had a break for about 30 minutes, but now it's uh, back to that torrential rain all over again. Back to you guys. All right. Thanks very much, Nadia. Now, there was talk this morning about Metro Vancouver setting a rainfall record. So let's bring in Kasia Badurka for more on that and a look ahead. Kasia? Hi, good evening. Well, the answer to that is no. We haven't set a record just yet. Uh, record rainfall for one day in January at YVR happened back in 1968. 68.3 millimeters, that's the number to beat. And so far, it's been closer to about 40 plus. But of course, we still have a few more hours to go. Could break that record. But some more interesting and impressive numbers. We are on track to being the fifth wettest uh, month of January on record. The wettest month was back in 1935 at 336.8 millimeters and so far it's 225 or 255 rather 0.2. Okay how much more rain is set to come? I'll have that answer coming up in your full weather. Guys? Sure feels like it's been I know. January. All right thanks Kasia. No doubt. All right now to a global news exclusive. Half a dozen First Nations women who say they suffered horrendous sexual abuse while under government care. The deeply disturbing allegations date back to the 1970s and 80s when they were children in foster care. They say they told social workers about it, but that the ministry did nothing to help. And a warning, some of these details are disturbing. Jill Bennett reports they are now suing the ministry for damages. 
The six lawsuits are filed from six separate women, all alleged they endured sexual and physical abuse while in ministry care in various parts of B.C. from the mid-1970s to the mid-1980s. In the suits, the claim is that ministry workers knew this abuse was taking place and did nothing to stop it. Take a listen to a couple of quotes from two of the claims. In one, Mr. N physically and sexually assaulted C from approximately 1974 to 1979. The physical assaults included being beaten with an electrical cord and rape. It goes on to say the ministry social worker responded by blaming C, focusing on C's use of alcohol and marijuana and recommending that C get some birth control information. C was kept in an abusive home and with the complicity of the ministry, her available options to seek safety were significantly limited. In another case, it states Mrs. M put E in the bathtub and used a nail brush to scrub her body, telling E that she was trying to erase the Indian out of her. As a direct result of the ministry's failures, the M's were able to abuse and neglect E for two years. The allegations are that the ministry was negligent, that um, they knew or ought to have known by following standards of care of the day that the abuse was taking place and that they should have removed these what were young Aboriginal girls from, uh, from the situation at that time. As for why the women are coming forward now and filing these lawsuits, O'Connor says there's a number of reasons. Uh, the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement, I think certainly have encouraged people to, to speak up um, and to publicly say that what's happened to them will not be accepted. In a statement, the BC Ministry for Children and Family Development is responding, saying they haven't yet been served with the civil claim, but will respond in court when they do, adding, while our government has not been served, we are committed to lasting reconciliation with Indigenous peoples. As for the lawsuits, O'Connor says she expects to file at least four more in the coming days. Jill Bennett, Global News. And pointing out, none of the allegations in the six lawsuits have so far been proven in court. Another major hurdle cleared tonight toward ride-sharing for all of Metro Vancouver. The Mayor's Council has released the details of its region-wide licensing. And as Richard Zussman reports, everyone seems to be on board. Stalemate broken. After months of resisting a regional ride-sharing license in Metro Vancouver, Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum is now on board. I think this is going to be a model actually other cities will look at. Here's how it will work. Ride-sharing companies will pay an annual $155 fee to allow for pickup and drop-off anywhere in Metro Vancouver, plus an additional $150 per vehicle fee. Wheelchair-accessible vehicles get the fee waived, while zero-emission vehicles pay $30. It will now go to, to all individual uh, municipalities, uh, but I do expect uh, the vast majority, if not all of the cities, to, uh, uh, to support and join in the regional framework. But McCallum's support comes with compromise. He wants the province and the Independent Passenger Transportation Board to immediately review fleet caps, insurance requirements, accessible service, and most controversially, getting rid of the existing municipal municipal boundaries for taxis. In a regulated industry, we need to have all the players have the same playing field to be able to operate that way. The province is applauding Surrey's decision to get on board with the regional license, but says the other issues are not their responsibility. So we've been very clear right, uh, right from the beginning that Passenger Transportation Board uh, has the control over boundaries for whether it's for ride hail or for taxi. The BC Liberals say the government's policies have made the introduction of ride-sharing a lose, lose, lose. 
The taxi is, industry isn't happy with the NDP. The ride-hailing uh, industry isn't happy because of this Class 4 licensing. The public aren't happy because of this patchy service that's available in the Lower Mainland now. This is a hat-trick of incompetence. Even taxi companies aren't aligned on getting rid of boundaries. Vancouver taxi companies don't want to give up their turf, while those outside the city would love to move in. The metro Vancouver area is the only region where taxis have boundaries. They don't have them in any regional district. The goal is to have the regional license in place for rideshare by the end of February. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. More than 100 people have now been tested in B.C. for the novel coronavirus, but as of tonight, there is still just one confirmed case. And while a third case has been confirmed in Ontario and the U.S. has declared the virus a public health emergency, B.C.'s provincial health officer is reassuring British Columbians that the risk is still very low. Aaron MacArthur has the latest. One day after the World Health Organization declared an international public health emergency, B.C. still only has one case of coronavirus. 114 people have been tested with only the one positive. The man in his 40s resting at home. He is uh, doing well, his condition is stable, and he's um, being actively monitored by health officials on a daily basis. Canada now has four cases of the coronavirus. A third developed in Ontario Friday. A woman in her 20s recently returning from a trip to Wuhan was diagnosed in London and according to doctors has made a full recovery in only a few days. Meanwhile, Canada's first person to contract the disease has also been sent home. Throughout the week, uh, the patient has continued to improve and um, you know they were reached a point where they no longer required inpatient uh, care. The virus continues to spread. Great Britain, Sweden and Russia are all now affected. 26 nations have confirmed cases. The epicenter remains Hubei province in China, where nearly 10,000 cases are confirmed and 15,000 suspected. The U.S. and Canada urging people to avoid all but essential travel to China. The public health infrastructure in B.C. operating at its highest readiness level. But health officials maintain the risk in B.C. is still low. If anybody has any concern about somebody who has traveled, who has been in contact with an ill person who has been in the um, affected areas of China, we are having a very low threshold for testing. Another update is expected next Tuesday. If another case is identified before then, the public will be notified immediately. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Meantime, fear and misinformation continue to spread faster than the virus and in some cases are almost more dangerous than the illness itself. Some of the misconceptions are causing problems here in B.C. And Sarah McDonald reports on the steps being taken by one social media giant to crack down. It seems whenever an outbreak of a superbug goes global, so too do misconceptions and misinformation. Every time there is some issue of global concern, scammers pay attention. Coronavirus and the widespread fear surrounding it is bringing out the bad in some people, with criminals now capitalizing on the demand for face masks. They follow the trends, they pay attention to what's you know, trendy, what's in the news, and this is a very big concern for consumers. British Columbians potentially easy prey for scammers, as shoppers turn to the internet for products that local pharmacies can barely keep in stock. There's such a shortage of the mass right now. Also running low? 
customers and foot traffic at some Chinese restaurants and businesses countrywide. Uh, this week is so bad. It seems like maybe just like 10% people coming here. As baseless rumors and hoaxes spread online with far more ferocity than the virus itself. It's really disappointing to hear and see because these rumors is impacting our very own Chinese-Canadian community. This Richmond-based car salesman knows all too well how quickly misinformation can spread. A lot of Chinese cell media is using that picture on their articles. This photograph of him in a face mask spreading rapidly on Chinese social media and in news articles, leaving some concerned he had the virus. Even like uh, my co-workers in service and parts department, they know, oh, you are the one with the coronavirus. And why the stigma surrounding those face masks in the first place? Journalist Ian Yang, on the ground in Hong Kong at the height of the 2003 SARS outbreak, says those stares and smirks are ignorant at best. One of the biggest reasons why people wear face masks is to prevent, you know, spreading potentially spreading infection. Social media giant Facebook now also committing to combating the spread of false information as school districts reassure parents their children are safe, as are the vast majority of Canadians, perhaps more at risk of falling prey to hysteria than to the virus itself. Sarah McDonald, Global News. In other news now, Vancouver police are issuing a public warning about a rash of thefts targeting the elderly. The victims say they're approached by a female suspect who makes physical contact with either a handshake or a hug. The suspect places fake jewelry on the victim and removes their own expensive jewelry. In some cases, children are used to create a distraction. Sometimes the suspect claims a family member is in need and offers expensive-looking fake jewelry as collateral for financial assistance. Generally, it is the elderly that have fallen victim to this crime. This is a very scary situation for anyone to be in. Uh, not only are these thieves stealing the expensive jewelry, but they're also stealing the memories that um, are attached to these pieces, and that's heartbreaking. Well, after months of frustration for both homeless advocates and residents of Vancouver's downtown east side, there finally appears to be a plan to deal with the tent city at Oppenheimer Park. But as Jordan Armstrong reports, instead of city council or the park board taking on the problem, it looks like B.C. taxpayers will be paying a third party to try to get it done. Everyone agrees a scene like this should not exist in a so-called world-class city like Vancouver. And now a step is being taken to deal with the entrenched tent city at Oppenheimer Park. Global News has learned PHS Community Services, formerly Portland Hotel Society, has been hired by BC Housing to find accommodations for the homeless and that a meeting will take place at the park Tuesday afternoon. Our heart goes out uh, to these folks and to these organizations. The Strathcona Business Improvement Association, which represents some 800 shops and services in the area, is pleased efforts are finally underway to clean up Oppenheimer because the negative impact on the surrounding community is easy to see. That means having businesses that have open doors, you know, that aren't gated, that, that, that you know, the residents feel like they can participate, step in and out, and that everyone can be involved. Because lately, thieves have been involved in numerous crimes. Several have targeted the Vancouver Buddhist Temple just across from Oppenheimer, which has had its garage looted, a worshipper robbed of her bag, and a holy statue lassoed from its steps. 
We definitely share their concerns. Uh, it's very disheartening to know that someone does not feel safe in their neighborhood. We should learn more next week on the plan to restore the neighborhood. What's not immediately clear is why it took a provincial agency, BC Housing, to hire the fixer. The park board, which has been adamant about maintaining jurisdiction over Oppenheimer, wasn't doing interviews on Friday. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. There could be some movement in the eight-month-long strike by Western forest product workers. The mediator has called both parties back to the table, and the union and the company have indicated they'll be willing to talk on Sunday. About 3,000 workers have been on strike since Canada Day last year. The union says contract concessions, shift schedules, and the company's drug and alcohol policy remain the outstanding issues. Okay, right now, a B.C. Supreme Court judge has ruled Oscar Arfman's guilty verdict for the first-degree murder of Abbotsford Police Constable John Davidson should stand. Arfman was convicted last October, but at the time, his lawyer asked for a hearing to determine if Arfman was not criminally responsible due to mental illness. Both Crown and defense lawyers later agreed there was no need for that hearing. Now Justice Carol Ross has agreed with that decision. Victim impact statements will be presented Monday before Arfman is given the automatic sentence of life behind bars with no parole eligibility for 25 years. For the second day in a row, the trial of the young man accused of killing a Vancouver couple in their own home watched video of his police interrogation. Rocky Rambo Wei Nam Cam has pleaded not guilty to first-degree murder. Ramina Dea has more on how the accused killer responded when confronted with a staggering amount of evidence. The eight-hour-long police interrogation starts off friendly. The female sergeant trying to gain the trust of the accused killer. Rocky Rambo, Waynam Cam, 25 at the time, just won't break, even after the officer hammers him with the overwhelming evidence, even showing Cam the Canadian tire videos. She tells Cam investigators are hunting a hunter. And then after weeks of surveillance, Christmas in October, when police catch you on CCTV footage. The interrogator getting aggressive with Cam, asking why he bought a kill kit a hatchet, gloves, and a baseball hat two weeks before Diana Ma Jones and Richard Jones were killed in their home September 26, 2017. Cam says he doesn't want to talk about it. The officer tells Cam investigators got his DNA off a water bottle after he unknowingly helped a female undercover officer open it at a grocery store. I think there's a 1 in 19 billion chance it's not you. Rocky, it's over. Your DNA is underneath her fingernails. An explanation is required to maintain your humanity. I have nothing to say. I'd like this family to be able to forgive you one day. You just don't seem like a scary guy to me. How did this happen? I have nothing to say. Madam Justice Giroux will rule on whether to allow the interrogation into evidence in the trial proper after she's seen the entire eight hours. Romina Dea, Global News. Vancouver City Council has approved a brand new hotel to be built along the Broadway Transit Corridor near Vancouver General Hospital. The 437-room hotel will feature commercial space on street level, as well as a bar restaurant on the second floor and a rooftop garden. But it will mean the loss of the neighboring Park Hotel and the Fairview Pub, which has been a live music venue for decades. The city is promising to work with the developer to see if a live music space can be included in the new building. 
Right now, residents at the University Endowment Lands are irate over plans to cut down dozens of maple trees in the area over the next few years. They claim there was no public consultation, but the manager of the Endowment Lands says the trees are dangerous and need to be axed. Linda Aylesworth reports. In Vancouver's University Endowment Lands, a tree-lined boulevard picturesque even in the pouring rain has become the subject of a controversy. In 17 years, only three branches have fallen and he wants to tear out all the trees in the street. The potential loss of dozens of the majestic old maples is not being taken lightly by the people who live on Westbrook Crescent. Every single person that we've uh, communicated with here in this larger community has signed the petition and is against the removal of these trees. It takes a lifetime or two to, to grow a tree like this. It was a huge part of why we chose to live on this street. That's not right. Our whole family nearly cried about it when we, when we learned about it. So it, it's very emotional. The decision was made by the manager of the University Endowment Lands, who explained in a statement, safety is a priority. Replacement over the next few years will ensure some of the better trees remain in place while the replacement ones are growing in. But are the trees a danger to safety? With no public consultation or arborist report, the community reached out to certified tree risk assessors like Iris Sutherland. I took a walk down the street and what I saw is you know, some trees in not great condition, some trees in pretty good condition, but I didn't see any trees that jumped out as high-risk trees. Two other certified arborists concurred. What's needed is a proper arborist report. Better communication wouldn't hurt either. I have a feeling that if we get the arborist report, we'd, you know, be able to sit around, look at the arborist report, look at a map, maybe identify a few trees that do have to come down, but probably identify, you know, a better outcome that we can all walk away with. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Recorded Big Ben bongs 11 times as thousands of Brexit supporters celebrate the United Kingdom's departure from the European Union. Those revelers cheering the historic moment as it's marked in contrast to other Britons who mourned Brexit's arrival. Now, despite the done deal, the country remains as divided as ever. Celebrations are underway here in London, and a sense of relief, Brexit is finally done. We have obeyed the will of the people. We've taken back the tools of self-government. The split became official at midnight in Brussels, where European Union leaders warned the UK that ending its half-century of membership will bring a sad new chapter. Our experience has taught us that, that strength does not lie in splendid isolation, but in our unique union. British lawmakers disagreed. Today we celebrate the beginning of our independence, our ability to control our own laws, our own trade deals, our own borders. Outside Parliament, thousands have gathered to ring in Brexit. Many of them tell us it's the party of their lifetime. I've waited so long for this. It's the most exciting day in my life ever. Voters said yes to Brexit as a way to reclaim Britain's sovereignty and take control of immigration rules. But it took three and a half years to agree on terms. And skirmishes like this one Why did you vote Brexit? show the population is still bitterly divided. Business is going to suffer. It's going to happen. So sooner or later, these people will find that out. 
The country now enters a transition period until the end of the year. During that time, the U.K. will be hashing out new agreements on trade and security, which could mean the fighting is far from over. Gwen Baumgartner, CBS News, London. It appears the impeachment trial of the U.S. president could wrap up by next week with Donald Trump poised to be acquitted. The motion is not agreed to. The U.S. Senate voted this afternoon to reject Democrats' attempts to call witnesses. Instead, Senate Republicans secured enough votes to move toward the final stage to acquit Trump. That vote is expected to be held on Wednesday. Trump is accused of abuse of power and obstructing Congress for allegedly withholding military aid to Ukraine unless that government investigated Joe Biden and his son Hunter. New evidence today of just how fast the bushfires in Australia can grow when the wind suddenly changes. Firefighters releasing this sped up time lapse footage, dash cam footage that shows a wildfire spreading through a quiet country road in the span of just three minutes. But it's one minute from the moment the firefighters take off. They'd parked up on a road to set up for property protection. But when the wind shifted earlier than expected, dark smoke quickly started to cover the sky. The firefighters hopped in their trucks and got out of there. In health matters tonight, the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S. has approved the first treatment for peanut allergies. The specially prepared peanut powder is swallowed daily in tiny amounts that are gradually increased over months. It trains children's bodies to better tolerate peanuts so that an accidental bite is less likely to cause a serious reaction or even kill in severe cases. Users still must avoid peanuts, though. The treatment can still cause side effects, including occasional severe allergic reactions. And if youngsters stop taking the daily dose, they will lose the protection. <laughs> he builds cars and rockets. And now we know Elon Musk can drop a beat, too, in the new release from the Tesla and SpaceX boss coming up after the forecast. I'm pretty sure he must have been doing that before he produced that, <laughs> that song. Okay, it's not beats that are dropping now. It's raindrops, big ones, Ooh. and tons of them. Kasia Badurk is here with a forecast. Well done. Yeah, we learned earlier this isn't a record setter today. We're not too close to that. Uh, but certainly it's been a wet one, hasn't it? Uh, and, of course, one of the biggest risks with this, the Serpentine River rushing high. This in Surrey, thanks to Kyle on Twitter for this video. And it's no mystery. It's been a wet month. That's for sure. Typically, we pick up 168 millimeters. We've picked up so far 261.4 and counting. That's 155% of what we normally pick up in the month. And it's all thanks to a series of atmospheric rivers that we picked up this month, including this guy here that still is extending down to Honolulu. And now, strap on. It's quite the roller coaster. Of course, we have our freezing levels quite high. It's a mild one. Heavy rain still for today. Much colder on your Saturday and clearing. But then it's possible snow showers on your Sunday and a chance of snow come Tuesday. Hang on there, huh? Uh, here's a look at how much more rain we are looking at for today. So Squamish, Whistler, up through Pitt Meadows, I would say heaviest amounts. Look at Hope at 95 millimeters. Another model giving us similar rainfall amounts except for in Vancouver, it's heavier amounts, closer to 30 millimeters of rain. In any case, it's wet in the green. Those are your rainfall rain uh, warnings. Still 60 to 130 millimeters. This is your total. And then in the red 
ahead. These are your wind warnings that continue to be in effect. In the north, it is snow and heavy amounts of it, especially through tonight. But by tomorrow morning, it should be clearing out for you in the northeast. It's just going to be a windy one tomorrow. Also windy along the north coast. It's a rain-snow mix picking up about 5 to 10 centimeters of wet snow along the north coast. And then we're going to be clearing out through the central interior. But however, the southern half of the province is looking at showers, but changing to wet snow in the afternoon for places near Kelowna and the Thompson Okanagan as your temperatures are falling. We're even going to be clearing out later in the day tomorrow. Look at that, but kicking off the day with showers. But all of this action, I got to tell you, I think our little uh, groundhog friend, we're going to scare him away. I oh, that's all what right. that is. It's oh. Groundhog Day. That's Groundhog Sunday. Already? <laughs> Already, yeah. Uh, okay, well. I got to get my glasses. I wasn't <laughs> sure that was <laughs> Groundhog that? for a second. <laughs> Thank you. All right, thanks, Kesha. Elon Musk has returned to the music studio and dropped a surprise release. Can't believe our editor gave you nine seconds of that. The Tesla and SpaceX boss dropped an electronic dance music track on SoundCloud today called Don't Doubt Your Vibe. He penned the lyrics and sings on the track, repeating the lines, don't doubt your vibe because it's true, don't doubt your vibe because it's you, over an electronic beat. Some fans found it hard to decide whether or not Musk was joking about the new track. It's his second musical release, though. Last year, he wrote an ode to the gorilla that was shot dead at a Cincinnati zoo. So he picks his spots, obviously. But Sounds uh, okay. It's not a bad beat. Yeah. Don't doubt your vibe. I never will. Because it's true. <laughs> because. All right, Chris is having a moment with his pen now, so I'm just going to... I actually feel very now. nice that I set them back up. <laughs> so glad. Uh, when the Canucks play the New York Islanders tomorrow morning, they will either get a rested team or a rusty team. Take your pick. Because New York has not played in 10 days. Their last game was January 21st. This game will start at 10 a.m. our time. I told you, this Canucks road trip is wacky, starting in San Jose, going all the way back east. So they have a 10 a.m. game tomorrow, and then on Sunday they have to play 11 a.m. in Carolina. If they can get points out of both those games, that would really say something about the Canucks. All right, Alex Ovechkin putting on his cape. He is still Superman. He's still scoring goals. This is against Ottawa tonight. And this goal now evens him up with Marc Messier for eighth on the all-time list. He is, I think, 14 behind the seventh-place man, Mike Gartner, and exactly 200 behind first-place Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Raptors and Pistons, as we said, Toronto winning their 10th in a row tonight. They didn't do this last year. Norm Powell. Dunking 30-20 Raptors after one, and then it's Montreal's Chris Boucher. Oh, 60 to 47 Raptors at halftime. Freddie Van Vliet, who was so good last year in the playoffs, he's still good. He's very good. And more Powell. it down. Welcome to my poster. Nick Nurse and the Raptors rolling along. And he'll be coaching in the All-Star game after that win. All right, so the Super Bowl this Sunday is considered to be evenly matched by odds makers. The Kansas City Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm guessing because Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes has the ability 
to mess up the 49ers' great defense with his ability to run from trouble and ad-lib. San Francisco lost games to similar quarterbacks this year. They lost to Russell Wilson in Seattle once, and they lost to Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, two guys with the same kind of skills Mahomes has. But instead of having human experts drone on and on about the finer points of the game, let's see what observers from the animal kingdom think. We'll begin with seals. Who do they think is going to win? Kansas City or San Francisco? Throw two footballs in the pool, and the soothsaying seal will pick one. And his choice, or hers perhaps, because I really can't tell the difference, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. All right, this hippopotamus also thinks Kansas City. But orangutans, I think in the Kansas City Zoo, if I'm not very much mistaken, choose San Francisco. They took the other team. Wow. You have broken ape law. <laughs> uh What's in the box? I don't know. Probably rice aroni. It's the San Francisco <laughs> treat. That's true. Uh, waste management and Kobe jerseys everywhere on Aaron Wise and also on Tony Finau. The Kobe jersey at Who, just like Kobe, hits a clutch shot from long range. J.B. Holmes leads the tournament at minus 13. Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor both made the cut. Hadwin minus six, Taylor minus two. You know, I wonder how many friends ask Samit Sharma to help them move because he's one of the top powerlifters in Canada. In between being a corrections officer and whatever else he has to do, he's putting together a career as one of the up-and-comers in his sport, where up is the operative word. Vancouver's Samit Sharma walks with a quiet confidence now. Being one of the top power lifters in the country will do that for you, but it wasn't always that way. Back in high school, Sharma was anything but a physical fitness buff. We drink a lot of uh, pop, go to the vending machine, have a lot of chips. Um, in our high school, we had a McDonald's just across the street, so I'd just go down there with my friends, eat a lot of deep fried food. So I was, overall, I was a quite um, heavy kid. Never really took, never really went to the gym, never really took care of myself. But that changed when he went to college. He took some health science classes, educated himself, dropped a lot of weight, and then took up weight training and quickly realized he was good at it. In just four years of powerlifting, he's gone from provincial and Western Canadian champ in the bench press all the way to winning a gold medal for Canada at the North American Championships in Panama. And he credits the unique atmosphere at competitions to help him succeed. From the host to the audience members to the competitors, um, they made it such a positive experience for me. Um, there was no negativity. Um, even when you're competing against a competitor, they wanted you to succeed. And Sharma is paying it forward. He's been making presentations at schools, hoping his story might inspire some kids to get active and stay active. I talk to the students about um, eating right, um, making changes in life. I just tell my story about you know, how I was back in high school, um, where I've gone. Eventually my goal, my goal in life was to get gold for Canada and I've done it. It doesn't necessarily have to be powerlifting for these students, but as long as they have a goal, um, I just want to show them that my example and I put in the time and the effort and that they can do it as well. By the way, Sharma's personal best bench press is 370 pounds. He's hoping to improve on that at the Canadians this March in Winnipeg and then get to the magical 400-pound mark at the Worlds in Prague in May and bring back another gold for Canada. Very Delay Global Sports. 
Here's your ski report for today. Well, the atmospheric river brought us 18 centimeters of snow at Whistler Blackcomb, 260 centimeters of snow over there. Cypress has 285, Manning Park 168. Revelstoke, 16 centimeters of fresh powder, 9 at Kicking Horse. Big White has 290 centimeters of the snow base. Sun Peaks has 180. Mount Washington got 15 centimeters recently. So did Powder King. Whitewater has 268 centimeters of snow on the ground. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and everybody's talking about the ads. Usually, we won't see them if it's not SimSub. I'm right? always confused yeah. because I come into here to watch the game, and we always see the American feed, so I'm cheating. Oh, yeah, you're cheating. Yeah. So anyway. Now we're going to show them to you. So but we're, we're, gonna gonna, we're not going to show all of them, of course, because we just don't have the time. But we're going to show some of them, mm -hmm. including... Well, we won't get to that one just yet. The uh, first two is a one from SodaStream, which features people on Mars, and the second one is an homage to The Shining, featuring Brian Cranston. Houston, we're getting close. Pick up the pace, folks. Get a dust storm coming in. Scientists have confirmed signs of water on Mars. That's it. Oh, we have a visual. Target has been Mark's water. Fresh sparkling water in seconds. Soda stream. Come out, come out, wherever you are. <laughs> I've got new Mountain Dew Zero Sugar with the same refreshing taste as the original. But without any of the sugar! Here's Mountain Dew Zero. I am thirsty. Huh? Zero sugar. <laughs> <laughs> no red rum in there. No. Okay. <laughs> Luckily. Uh, all right. So you always love the, and they usually always have a good Super Bowl ad. The avocados from, from Mexico. Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yes. So here's another avocados from Mexico ad. Welcome to the Avocados from Mexico Shopping Network. We're buying stuff for your avocados. Totally isn't weird. Take it away, Molly. Worried your avocado isn't getting enough skin-to-skin -skin contact? Worry no more with the Avo Carrier. Look how always in season he is. <laughs> I want one of those. Are you kidding? Thanks to this chip floaty, your avocado will be healthy, delicious, and quiet. So smart. So smart. Take your avocado to meet your parents with our new travel collection. I'd wear that to a wedding. This music box plays all their favorite jams. I'm sorry, the song always gets me. Protect your avocado from bears and humans with this luxury yurt. Super safe, right, Maria? Mm. Mm. And last but not least, do avocados have heads? We don't know, but look how cute this helmet is. Well, that's
that's all the time we have for today. Remember, your avocado is worth it. Shop now. We'll throw in Molly. <laughs> Wait. Avocados from Mexico. I yes. know. When, you, when I first saw that, it's like, I know that woman. Uh -huh. And it's like Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Wow. Who knew? Candles. Okay. Uh, Cheetos featuring MC Hammer. Cheetos has popcorn now? Hey, I'm going to need you to... Never mind. You can't touch this. Help. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. I trust you. Stop. Hammer time. I touched it. New Cheetos popcorn. It's a Cheetos thing. I will say this about Super Bowl ads. 80s celebrities mm -hmm. make some pretty good coin every sure Super Bowl. Sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. Come back. You just saw a couple there. All right, enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks very much for watching. Have a good weekend. Try to stay dry, everyone. Mm -hmm.